adjacent. You're listening to the Sports Adjacent. Okay, I like that. I just learned something new today. Adjacent. With Jason Leisure and Russell Dorsey on the House of L Network. We're doing everything I dreamed of as an adjacent. Bro, that joint was terrible, but I... They got me. Like, they really did. Like, they reeled me in. Hmm. Like, I wish I could say I wasn't drinking the Kool-Aid, but I was. Hmm. You want to do it now? Nah, it's early. It's early. We gotta uh, let's, let's 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 get a little bit in there. Get our uh, little stretches. Get our warm up. Okay, right. Get our okay, dynamic okay. warm up, okay. and then we can get into it. Like it's not like you can't pull up to the court and then just start hooping. Right. That's how you blow out a knee. Right? <laughs> hey, <laughs> so I've done gotta, it. I've, I've done it plenty of time. Walked in from my night shift at White Castle. I'm like, oh, who got next? Who got next? In my uniform. Who got next? You got next? All right, all right. Uh, nobody want to be on the team? All right, all right. Run. Me and my guy, we we pulling up. All right, you got us? All right. Get buckets and just, just wreck them in, in my White Castle uniform. Smell like there onions is, and everything. There's nothing worse than you pull up to the court. It's late, and the brother with the White Castle uniform on is mm-hmm. giving you buckets. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I love doing that. That's my favorite thing. Is like where what's the most unhooper like where that I can be at where there's a lot of people playing basketball where I look like man he don't look like he know how to play and Bro. then just proceed to give them buckets it was the best feeling I bet it's like y'all yeah, <laughs> get packed up a crave case now but y'all gonna get a crave case of these buckets <laughs> thirty piece feel me? thirty piece now nah, that's dope now I used to uh. So it's funny, like I watching Aaron Rodgers tear his shit up on Monday, mm-hmm. and it's been ten years since I tore my Achilles, mm. and I tore it hooping, mm-hmm. right? And what happened? How do you feel watching it? It doesn't affect me as much as it did when I first tore mine. Like I mm-hmm. saw Kobe tear his uh, a couple months before I tore mine, and it was like, damn. At least me and Kobe have something in common. And then once things start, like once I started seeing guys tear their Achilles after, like mm-hmm. I empathize with the pain because I'd been there. And the first couple of years, I'm like, ah, I don't like remembering that feeling. Mm-hmm. Now it's just like, yeah, yeah, that rehab just going to have to hit it hard. Right. Mm-hmm. And go from there. Um, it sucks, though, just because I, I do realize like that's I was 18 when I tore mine. He's 40 when he tore his. And knowing the rehab process, like I was getting up at 6 a.m. before class, going to rehab, and then coming back and going to class. I like I look back and I'm like, I don't know how I like did that. Like, that's just a lot for a kid first year in school, don't know nobody, trying to make friends and all that. And you up here going to rehab and you cast boy. Right. I was a scooter dude. (laughs) I was a scooter dude. dude. Yeah. But it was like it was super like it was a topic of conversation. Like when I got out of my scooter and I got on my cast and I started like going out and going to parties and stuff. Um, they're like, Oh, you the dude who was on the scooter. And it would be like a topic of conversation. Like, like <laughs> ah, open it. yeah, I'm like, yeah, man, yeah, I was hooping and, 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 and it got me. So, but yeah. no, nah, it's like, he's 40. And like, I understand he's going to have the benefit of having round the clock rehab from the time he has a surgery 
Mm-hmm. And like, it took me a year to feel like confident and not be, you know, because a lot of, I think the biggest thing for me and a lot of the th- same thing for athletes is like, you don't want this, the fear of, damn, I don't want to tear it again. Right. Mm-hmm. I don't want to do it all the time. I got, I, you know? I got bad ankle problems. And every time I see somebody or watch a basketball game at live, like it's the worst. Cause I hold my breath. Cause I know if I make that exact same move, my whole ankle is gone. Yeah. Yeah. Like it's, um, it took me a long time. Like there was a point, maybe 10, 11 months in where my ankle was pretty close to a hundred percent, but I didn't want to test it. I didn't want to mess around and find out. Right. Like I was just so, it was the first injury I ever had. So like, besides the bangs and bruises that you get as an athlete, right. I've rolled, more ankles than I can remember. Like you, like when you grow up mm-hmm. hooping, um, I've had bruises before. I've hyperextended some things, mm-hmm. but like I had never broken a bone, had never torn anything. And so when I tore my Achilles, it was like, damn, like my competitive athletic days are done. Mm-hmm. And because I had been an athlete before and because I watched sports, I knew what that injury meant. And it was just, it's getting over the mental side. Your body has healed itself. But your mind has to heal itself. Um, And I think what ended up getting me there was one day I was probably a year plus from the surgery. And I said, at some point, I'm going to have to do something about this. Right. At some point, I'm going to have to cut it loose. And trust it. Right. If God forbid it tears again, it tears again. But like, I don't want to live my life in fear of, well, I'm just not going to do anything athletic anymore because I, I, I'm scared to tear it. Like I'm 19. Like, why would I not enjoy all the things I can still do athletically knowing my body's healed, knowing that, you know, they did the surgery. It went well. And just say, well, that's it. I will just be sitting in my home for the rest of my life. <laughs> like, I just, I didn't want that on my conscience. Like, damn, I gave up all the things that I enjoy, including mm-hmm. hooping. Um, so, yeah. So I think that's the biggest thing that you have to, you have to get past. Hmm. Well, Aaron Rodgers, I mean, what else do you need to do? I mean, he, he going to try and come back, but. And I, I think for him, like, dog, you, all the hype and fanfare. And four plays, dog. Mm-hmm. Four plays into the debut. It's like I don't know any competitor that's just like, yeah, that's it. That's that's the mm-hmm. last. That's the last image you're gonna see of me in my Hall of Fame career. Now, I mean, it kind of happened with Alex Smith, right? Like, I mean, he eventually kind of did the ceremonial. Did he come back? I can't even yeah. remember. Oh, did he play in a game? He played after that. Okay. He played after that. But yeah, I get like, no, this this can't be the final say so for me in in this thing, right. in this platform. Like you you're not gonna see me just, you know, that's the lasting images of my career. Right. Like, no, nah, we're gonna we're gonna have a comeback story. So I rock with it. I don't if you know if he come back, you know, but the thing is if Zach Wilson figure figures it out, it's like what do you what do you do now? But right, you still right. got you still owe him a lot of money too. You know what I mean? Like I mean, but it got hurt. 
hey, stuff happened, right? Like Russell Wilson got the job when he, his rookie year when he wasn't supposed to. So, and they just paid Matt Flynn. So mm-hmm. if Zach if Zach Wilson figures money. it out, and they fair, Zach Wilson if he figures it out, he grows up, leads this team. I mean, they rallied behind him right after that devastating end. We thought that that we thought well, there goes their too. season, right? And then they came back and beat a Super Bowl contender. So if he, if Zach Wilson can figure it out and they can win games and you know compete for that division, yeah. look, they're talented enough to to win the division. But you know, Miami is probably the no, in fact, no. I mean, I don't know, man, but that division is going to be crazy because they got Buffalo and Miami in there. And if they manage to pull that off and he's playing in like an almost at an MVP level or something like that, how do you say, all right, Aaron, this is your job again? Like, mm-mm. I don't think you can do it. I don't believe that's going to happen. Like, mm-hmm. I know it was a great story. And I know he, they said, oh, he made the little speech. Okay. Got it. But this is the same guy that a year ago bus tossed his team and they they wanted Mike White. They made mm-hmm. t-shirts of that man to not have Zach Wilson play. Um hey, but I, he, mm-hmm. but I think it's a cool story. Like I want I don't want them to trade for somebody. I want them to ride it out with Zach Wilson because I think the theater is something like that storyline is great. And to yeah. watch how that plays out over 17 weeks and see if this team that was built to be Super Bowl or bust. And four plays into their season, the guy that they brought in to carry them to those expectations is done for the year. And now you have to rely on the guy that nobody wanted, including the people on that team, that front office, that coaching staff. And you got to ride with him because he's probably the best bet for you to get to where you want to go. Well, I mean, it's going to be the the best story, I think, in the NFL if if he manages to do that. I'm rooting for him, you know, from smashing moms to being an adult and, and getting these touchdowns. This, yeah, that's that's a that's that's a journey. <laughs> that's a journey of maturity. Yeah, no, it's uh, it's it's pretty crazy. Like I I thought back after he won the game. And by the way, he outplayed Josh Allen. Who we need to have a man, conversation hey, about Josh yeah, Allen at some man, point because yeah, I think uh-huh. uh, I told I I said on our show this week. If Dak Prescott had the game that Josh Allen had on national TV, We'd he be would be getting crushed. And Josh yeah. Allen turns the football over just as much. But neither mm-hmm. here nor there. But last year, Robert Sala, after they benched Zach Wilson, said, hey, we're going to need Zach to get where we need to go. Now, I think that was coach speak at the time. Mm-hmm. But it's crazy to see, like, damn, yes, less than a year later, like, you were right. You were right. Mm-hmm. Like, you put that out in the atmosphere. Mm-hmm. And then who knew? That 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 would happen, but uh, now nah, it was a it was fun watching football, like to have that back. Like I'm a baseball guy, you're a basketball guy, but we both love football. Oh yeah, and this is like to you being to come home from church, put the game on, to like have the red zone on where you got the octo box and just eight games and oh great time. The weather then oh. cooled off. It's sweater season. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's, it's great. It's, it's nothing like football season. Like, I don't know what is about it. I don't know if it's the primal, you know, brute force situation, but the sport has become more finesse. And, and I, I love like watching Patrick Mahomes play football is just amazing. Like, watching football play well 
Yes. It's yes. highly addictive. Highly addictive. And it's not so much the big hits. It's the the chess that goes on during the game. It's uh, the the execution down to the T when you see a guy make a perfect throw where only his guy can get it. Like, ugh. Nibble's getting hard just thinking about it. <laughs> My man over there, Brick, talking about good football. You're getting up over here. We don't get that in our city. We don't get that at all. Right? Like, I'd love to be bricked by football, but we don't get that tone. We don't get that at all. We, That's what we red get, zone's for. This is us watching football. This is us. This is what we want. This is us. It's terrible. It's terrible. Like, it, it's so sad. And, like, I, I, I think I get I'm more pissed off because I live across the street from the bad. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like the bad is going on next to me. It's happening in real time. And I just gotta sit there and I still gotta take it. But we'll get to that. We'll get to that later because uh there's plenty to get to uh in those re- regards. The the team that shall not be named is, is what I'm gonna call mm-hmm. them for a while. Uh but we gotta pay some bills first. Tony Gill. Now welcome to Sports Adjacent. That mm-hmm. is our fine producer, Anthony. Gil, daddy to be, uh, mm-hmm. husband, soon to be father, mm-hmm. brother, friend, son, producer extraordinaire, ex Hooper, uh, former White Castle employee. Uh, <laughs> 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 what else I missed telling on your resume? Uh, no, that's about it. Former all all area player, mm-hmm. Tony Gill. I am Russell Dorsey. Uh, Tone, we're doing round two of the Young Dude cast because yeah. the last time we did it, I heard from a lot of people and they really enjoyed it. So I'm like, you know what? Let's let's run it back with the Young Dude cast. Jason mm-hmm. is covering what wow. I hope isn't one of the so worst bad for him. I feel NFL. so bad for him. Like, dog, he has never dog. had any luck covering a football team ever. I, I truly think Bears fans should revolt against Jason Leisure. Is this all? Like he's never covered a good team, yeah. Never. In the NFL, now he covered those those Urban Meyer Florida teams, mm-hmm. but like in the NFL, it's been bad Miami Dolphins teams, and then mm-hmm. the Chicago Bears, uh, both of which who've been the same team, right? Like, yep, I, I, it's same team until this he is, left. Yes, until he left. Then then they got good. Then they got good. But <laughs> ironic, right? Uh, Jason's off doing his. Uh, great coverage uh, for the sometimes, so he won't be joining us this week, or actually for this week and next week, but he will be back after uh, the work hiatus. Um, Tony, you are presented by Sheets and Giggles. I am. And you know what's great about that? I know you've been waiting all year for mm-hmm. this moment because uh, the flannel boy, it's flannel boy season. Flannel boy. It's flannel boy season. Uh, Tony sponsored by Sheets and Giggles. Go to sheetsgiggles.com forward slash SA to get 23% off your next order by using promo code sports. That is promo code sports. Uh, it's cooled off. We had that last little burst of summer and we said, nah, get that up out of here. It's time for the flannel boys. It's flannel boy season. I love waking up in the morning, looking at my phone and seeing that it's 55, 56, 57 degrees outside. Like going for my run, throwing the hoodie on, mm-hmm. and, and coming and coming back, and, and just knowing like, oh, that's that cool crisp air. Like God intended. You know I don't, I don't, I don't like running in a hoodie, even though like I have done it. Right. But like the app, like once you sweat and like you could feel the sweat rubbing up against your yeah. body, you just. I get you. I get you. Like obviously, running in like shirts or cutoffs in the summertime mm-hmm. or spring is the elite runwear. But, like, it is something to, like, 
you have the shorts on still, but you yeah. throw the hoodie on because you don't want your arms and your chest to get cold. Mm-hmm. You don't want your chest to getting cold. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, like the, that crisp air, it, it's something about it. It's something about it, and, and it's a great time. But get your flannel, boys. Go to cheesyhills.com forward slash SAU promo code sports, 23% off your next purchase. Also, we are brought to you by Bet MGM. You can place any bet with Bet MGM. Get your money back if you lose your bet up to $1,500 by using promo code adjacent1000. That is adjacent1000. Bet MGM, the king of sportsbook. If you put uh, uh, money on a parlay for the bears you did not win so you should probably use that promo code <laughs> adjacent one thousand can, like, can you imagine hitting trying to hit it over on anything bears over on points yardage rushing receiving touchdown nothing remember, nothing hit remember and we it might end up doing this by the seasons and it's sad it started with uh fade the bulls yep then you started doing fade the white Sox. yep and now we're gonna get to fade the bears. And, and <laughs> <laughs> any season you want, mm. when it when it get cold, we got something for you. When it get hot, we got something for you. Like it's it's wild right now. And it's the mm-hmm. fact that the city as a whole, you can feel when the bears aren't good. It's 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 so crazy culturally. Like it doesn't matter if you live in the burbs of Chicago, it doesn't matter if you mm-hmm. live in the city itself, people are bothered when the bears are bad you know what tone i are we here let's well let's not even fuck around hit the music now it's time for a chicago bears segment we call this is fine i'm okay with the events that are unfolding currently everything's fine that's okay Things are going to be okay. Tone, I didn't think we'd ever have to play that damn open again. One <laughs> <What> game in. <laughs> we are one game into the damn season, and we done brought the shit back. Like, I thought it was over for that. I thought we were going to have to get a new device because I'm like, well, how are we going to be able to talk about the fun stuff that's happening with the Bears and they're going to be a little bit better? And so we can't shit on them because everything's mm-hmm. kind of been going their way. Yeah. And here we are again, Tom. They didn't even wait like six games in. The first right off the top. game right off the of jump. the season, they said, nah, nah, we're not going to let y'all wait. We got it for mm-hmm. you right here from the start mm-hmm. <laughs> against your hated rival, the Green Bay Packers. Tone. The beloved got boat raced <laughs> in week one of the season, dropping their game 38 to 20. And it wasn't that close, right? Mm-hmm. It wasn't as close as that final score would make you believe if you didn't watch a minute of that game. And for the last nearly three decades, you have had the brothers from the North come down here and kick ass, whether that be Brett Farber. As my me and my dad like to joke, <laughs> Brett Favre, that man Aaron Rodgers, and then the young mixed brother by the name of Jordan Love. <laughs> mixed brother. The young mixed brother. Yeah, that's crazy. Like when when he saw his mom, I was like, oh, oh, yes, yeah. yeah, he is a white man. <laughs> no, no, we're not gonna do that. The young mixed brother by the name of 
Jordan Love, who had been waiting just like his predecessor three years mm-hmm. to finally be the guy in Green Bay. And everybody like, oh, hell no. Justin got 30 starts and in year three. This man mm-hmm. ain't even been on it. He don't even know the offense, maybe. right? He might mm-hmm. be trash. Mm-mm. Nah, see, because Tone, it don't go like that. How long you been on, on this earth here, Tone? Uh, November be 31 years. It would be 31 years on this earth here. And in those 31 years, Tone, uh, who has dominated this, what people call a rivalry? Oh, it's been the Packers since birth. Yeah. I, mean, I think that, that might have been the exact year they had Brett Favre, the year I was born. And that is that is poetic, Tone, because <laughs> after all the summer, after all the time where you had Bears fans talking that yeah. Right, you had Bears fans coming off a three and thirteen, three and fourteen season. Excuse me, because seventeen games, three and fourteen season, worst record in the NFL. And I've never seen a team that had the coming off a, a, a season where they had the worst record in the NFL with so much joy and pride and expectation that we saw this year from the Chicago Bears. They flipped the number one overall pick to the Carolina Panthers. They want to draft the 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 slightest quarterback in the history of the NFL and Bryce Young. Good luck to them with that because I think they are going to have some issues. Uh, <laughs> and I know you, your team rolled down tied. I know our executive producer Lawrence is too, but I think those brothers are going to have some problems because that man is not tall enough to deal with his line and I'm afraid he ain't been eating enough and when he get hit, he's going to get hurt. But that's neither here nor there. They swap with the Carolina Panthers. They get all this draft capital in return. They get a number one receiver thing we've been Mad about for a long time because they ain't had one since probably Brandon Marshall. Mm-hmm. Shout out to Brandon. Uh, and yet, so in the back of everybody's mind, you always knew that week one game. If they win, you're feeling good, right? Like you're just like, mm-hmm. okay, finally got that Rogers chapter out of our system. It's a new day, new age. There's a new sheriff in town. No, no, Tom. Same damn sheriff. Sheriff can pull your ass over for years. <laughs> yeah, he pulled you over again. And the new sheriff in town is actually named the, the little badge right there. Was what's your badge? It, it said love right there on the badge. Mm-hmm. And, and and Tom, I don't. Where do you want to start with this? Because there's so many different areas. I have a whole list. Look at my pad, Tom. Look at my pad. Look at all that ink on there. I didn't want to have to do this, but they made me do it. You want to start with the young quarterback? Justin Fields. I mean, I, I think you got to start with the organization, right? Like, there's a reason why I and bear and a lot of Bears fans they just don't trust the Bears, uh, and it's not due to the lack of like not trying. Like, I do really believe that the McCaskies they want a football team, a really mm-hmm. good football team, uh, and they want to be great. Right. They want to do all these things, but it's just the, the incompetence. Right. Like that just permeates through the organization. And it's like I can see why somebody will be like Anthony Davis. Right. He's a Packers fan. Like I can see why that happens. And you can't say like, oh, where you're from here. No, people aren't taking incompetence anymore. Right. Like you can say, oh, man, I wish they were good, but. That team is doing pretty good over there and has been my whole life. Yeah. My whole life. Yeah. They've been 
better than the Chicago Bears for the most part. Obviously, you have the 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 anomaly years, right? The the Super Bowl run uh, of the Bears, the 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 what the oh seven oh seven oh eight Bears, mm-hmm. um, but they haven't. The incompetence from the top of the organizations, uh, comparatively, uh, I think is where it, it starts and essentially where it ends is through your history, you have, or, or at least in the last 30 years, right? You haven't been able to beat this team in any meaningful way with no amount of consistency. Um, and that's that. That's a problem. That's problem number one because if you can't beat the team that's in your division, how are you supposed to have a consistent shot at actually winning something like a Super Bowl or multiple playoff games or getting to a Super Bowl? But you can't get out of your own division. You always constantly have to go the hardest route because you always have to get a wild card or like the you know like it's very frustrating when you want to root for the team but just the the incompetence that goes throughout the organization and it just spills over into the play. It's very annoying, extremely annoying. You're absolutely right there, Tom. And and then you have people who, before they've ever done anything, they're like, oh, man, Ryan Poles. Yeah, they, they call another brother King Poles because they hadn't won any games yet. Coming off the worst record in the NFL, he makes a big splash. Now I give him, I give him credit for that. They made a move. It looks like the Panthers are going to be bad, and they could have the number one overall pick in the draft again this year, right? They very well could, and good for them for making that move. But the on-field product, man, you just expected better, and you felt away in the preseason because it didn't look like a team that was ready. Mm-hmm. Then you get to week one, and it's like I, I. I bet not, you know, when your mama go, I bet not catch it. That's how I feel with the Bears. I bet not catch y'all being bad over there by the lake. Mm We're going to have some problems. And you know what, Tom? They didn't listen. They was hard-headed and they was bad over there by the lake. Let's start with the young brother, Justin Fields. Justin Fields, 24 of 37 for 216. Now, this is what bothers me with Justin. There's some deficiencies still on that offensive line. He got sacked 55 times last year, most in the NFL. Mm-hmm. Probably got hit more than any other quarterback in the NFL last year. Part of that was because, you know, Justin had to run a lot because he had to, right? And he holds the ball along. I'm going to get to that point, Tom. I'm going to get to that part. But 24 37, they didn't, they were out of the fourth quarter. So you could pick maybe seven of those passes off. And still, in 37 passes, you only threw for 216 yards, one touchdown. One interception, lost a fumble as well. One of my issues with Justin going into this year was that I understand that they have had a porous offensive line. Mm-hmm. They brought in the brother Nate Davis to come play guard. Nate Davis didn't practice at all during the rec- in the preseason, in the training camp. Didn't play during training camp or the preseason. Then he was out there week one, and I'm not gonna lie to you, Tone. They were just as bad as they were. At any point last year, not having Tevin Jenkins, who's on IR. I don't know why Cody White here is necessarily on this team anymore. And the guy you draft in the first round, Darnell Wright, he showed flashes, yes, but it, it just I, they left a lot to be desired. You know what I mean? It's like, okay. Like if the rest of the offensive line is bad, you can have the best day in the world and it's not going to matter. Mm-hmm. And you'd make the point about Justin holding the football. 
It's always been his issue, right? Like waiting for guys to be open before he throws it. This is not college. Sometimes you got to let, the, let that thing go. Mm-hmm. And, you know, people have been showing the all 22 where he had multiple receivers open, did not let go of the ball. And it's like, I want badly, Tone. I want badly for Justin Fields to be the guy that we want him to be. Badly. And it it makes it hard to defend when even with the bad offensive line, you have to help me help you. Right? Like, mm-hmm. make some of the throws. How would even be cool if you threw an additional interception because you saw it open and tried to throw somebody open? Right? But it's like, it's the fact he's just like, nah, because if I throw this interception, it ain't going to. Like, so we're going to throw these check. You can't win throwing checkdowns. Mm-hmm. You can't win throwing checkdowns. I know that mm-hmm. he's going to have to run what they call. And I think part of the reason they call these plays is because they don't trust the offensive line to protect them. I get all that. But at some point, Doug, year three, start 30, you got to start doing some things for yourself. Mm-hmm. You got to start ripping some of these throws. Mm-hmm. You got all the arm talent in the world, but if you don't throw the football, we're, ne- we're never going to know. Chase Claypool, who Bears <laughs> traded the 32nd pick in the draft, basically a first-round pick. He has a first-round grade. Two targets, one drop, and some of the worst blocking I've ever seen from a wide receiver. Now, Chase Claypool, built like an Adonis, has the size, strength, speed to be a great wide receiver on the outside. Yet, there was a reason, Tom, that the the, the Pittsburgh Steelers moved on from mm-hmm. Chase Claypool. And we're starting to see those reasons. To the point where if there's questions on if this brother is going to play in week two. <laughs> this from Matt Eberflus on Wednesday. When asked about his young wide receivers lack of blocking prowess. He had this to say, you all quote, you all saw the plays that dot, dot, dot. And again, the perimeter blocking needed to improve for us all. He was trying to avoid saying that this brother was dog shit blocking. <laughs> what, you, you know, somebody want to when they stop and say, well, we were all bad. No, he, cause he started, he almost gave it up. He was like, look, we all saw the place. Well, well, we are all back. <laughs> we are all back. Um, finishes it off by saying, and we're going to get that. We're going to get that. Work hard to get that done. He also went on to say, when asked if Temple would even play in week two, we're going to look at all possibilities right now. I'm not going to talk about who's up or who's down for the game for obvious reasons. We're going to look at all things to make our team better. The fact that they have to say that about a guy who is considered your third third, possibly even second best receiver, that's a problem, Tom, because that talent evaluation, somebody messed up. Mm-hmm. Somebody messed up. DJ Moore. We were all excited. Finally, first time since Brandon Marshall, we have a number one receiver brother that make plays. We saw it in the preseason. Took that screen pass to the house. Did all the work his damn self. Then he did get some good block, but he outran everybody. You were like, man, this offense has a chance to be explosive. The brother that you acquired for trading the number one overall pick, he got two catches, two targets in the game. Now, Tone, I don't know. I might not know shit about football. I'm a baseball guy, right? They would say you're a basketball guy, but we love us in football. 
your number one receiver should probably, unless you're blowing somebody out and you don't need them, should probably have between seven to ten plus targets a game. Mm-hmm. But I don't know shit about football. But two, <laughs> two is the number. Two is the number for DJ Moore. That's his jersey number. The best player on the field was there. Fourth round selection out of the University of Texas by the name of Roshan Johnson. <laughs> Tone is not good. And I haven't even gotten to the yeah. light-skinned brother from the Green Bay Packers by the name of Jordan Love, who went 15 to 27 for 245, three touchdowns, zero interceptions. And it quarterback rating that impressive. 123.2. Three three touchdowns did not turn the football over, which to me. I think that's crucial for a young quarterback, right? No interceptions. And you know why he looks so good, Tone? You and me, you and me, probably just by youth athleticism that we have in our bones and guile, probably could have, you know, done something to get him. It might not have been football moves, but we could have, hey, like, Said, hey yo, made him laugh. Something to like <laughs> distract them. They had one sack on the corner quarterback, Yannick Ngakwe, who gets paid to hit the quarterback. He did exactly what they 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 got him to do, but that was it. Didn't sneeze on him. Three hundred twenty nine yards of offense. He tore them up, and it's the area that I thought they were struggling. Now they go out and they spend money on all of these expensive ass linebackers. Mm-hmm. And it don't matter if you have these expensive ass linebackers if you don't get pressure on the quarterback because if your expensive ass linebackers are making tackles 10 year 10 yards past the line of scrimmage mm-hmm. brothers getting first down it don't matter you can have the best linebacker you got Fred Warner you can have anybody whoever you consider the best linebacker in the league you can have that guy because if they making tackles down the field, it ain't gonna matter. And Tone, I don't know. They have the Tampa Bay Buccaneers who surprised a lot of people in week one. They beat the, the Minnesota Vikings. If they lose to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, it, I have a hard time not calling it a wrap, even after mm. two weeks. Yeah, oh, yeah. Cause uh they're not. They're not. Uh, they're not beating the Chiefs. Oh no, that's that's dead. So I don't know. Like if they'll, their best hope is to get this one. And from the way that defense looked last week in Week One against the Vikings, I don't know if the Bears got a shot. Tone, I thought based off of what I saw on their schedule and what I expected. I thought that they could get to eight, nine wins, which I think would be a significant step up. And it would be crazy, even if they missed the playoffs. But now playing the way they played, they have the they've lost to the Packers. They're on one. The Bucks showed that they got a little grit. I expect that on a, a team with Ty Bowles and Baker Mayfield. He's gonna do a lot of things that you don't like, but he's gonna go out there, right? I'll give him that. Mm-hmm. Then you got the Chiefs week week three and and Travis that man Travis might be back in there. They got Chris Jones back. Mm-hmm. Week four against the Broncos. 
not the same Broncos. Then you have the Commanders, week five. Then you have the Vikings, week six, and then the Raiders, week seven. You have the Chargers, week eight, and the Saints, week nine. Before you get to week 10, then you have the Panthers. Like, I don't know, based off of the way that they have played, when their first and or second win is coming. Mm. And that's sad. Before we get off of everything's fine, Tone, and what would, based off of, because we, we think it's going to be uh, bad, what would turn this season for you? What has to happen for you to be like, all right, the season wasn't necessarily a failure? Um, Knowing what Justin is, good or bad. If I feel like they, after this debacle in week one, that going forward, that they operated and what makes Justin most comfortable. Just look, he's not a pocket passer. Let's just stop trying to do it, right? Like we don't make Peyton Manning or Tom Brady run RPO, right? We don't force them to do that. Why try to force a specific style of play on Justin? If he's not good, you can still win with that. You can still have success. And I, the most frustrating thing would be not knowing because you didn't do enough to figure out how do I get the most out of it? We all see that, yes, he is very talented. We all see that. Are you putting him in the best position to succeed? And if I feel like they are going forward with the talent, with adequate, I'm not expecting you know supreme protection, but adequate protection, but if he's just not making winning plays, or if he is, this is how you save the season. I know they're not going to go to the playoffs. I know they're not going to win the Super Bowl. I just need to know if Justin is the guy. And I need to know that there's competency in the organization. Because after week one, it does not look that way. And I'm I'm tired of, of how we talk and think about football as a whole, where we have this savior complex at the quarterback position. There needs to be competency around the entire organization uh, and on the entire roster. Like you can't just – I say this all the time. Patrick Mahomes would not have been Patrick Mahomes here because Absolutely. this organization is bad. This coaching is bad all the time. So hoping for Caleb Williams is not going to fix the issue. No. There's something that's going on in Chicago in that organization where they don't know what they're doing. And if and if we don't know if what Justin is due to them not putting him in the best position, due to him not getting adequate help on defensive side of football and in protection, that is probably the worst case scenario. So if if they come out on top and you know what Justin is or isn't as a whole, I think that's a successful season. Well put, Tom. Before I let before, before we officially move on, they threw one pass, twenty five yards down the field. Twenty twenty three, Tom. Twenty twenty three. Tone. The NBA has passed a new rule. The NBA now has a rule in place where teams will no longer be able to rest what are considered "quote unquote" stars. That's a player that's defined as a player who's made an all-star game in the last three years. You are not allowed to sit multiple of those players in the same game anymore. Now, we all know that load management has become a big topic of discussion over the last six or seven years. Uh, 
And it's something that I, I thought was a reasonable ask by, you know, fans, even though I don't always consider what fans think. But I thought that's really important because a story I tell all the time is I got to see my favorite player play one time. That's Alan Iverson. My dad took me and my brother on a Martin Luther King Day in the early 2000s to go see the Bulls play the 76ers. And I we sat up in the box level. And I got to see Allen Iverson play. And what I remember for that now, Tone, is if they had load management, who's to say that I would have been able to ever see my favorite player play basketball? Kobe Bryant always said, listen, there's somebody out there that might only get me see me play one time, and I, I owe it to them to be in the game. I know times have changed. I know we understand bodies better and health, et cetera. But at some point, I don't think it's cool for dudes to play half the games and get all the benefits. I don't think it's right. And we've already seen the change in the CBA where, hey, you want to win MVP, you better be playing in 70% of these games. You want to make all NBA, you better be playing in 70% of these games. And I think people have had it. Like I think the pendulum swung too far to one side when it came to rest and load management and now that pendulum at some point always swings back i love this and uh we all knew it was coming we all knew it was coming uh okay <laughs> me and uh you know jason golf uh we do the the ringer and he always puts it in the uh the most hoodest of terms you in words thought you was just gonna take my money as owner <laughs> and, and and not insane. No, yes. no, no, no. Uh, but yeah, man. I mean, it was it was coming to a head. They thought the players thought that they were gonna take the money and run, behave uh, in any sort of way that they wanted to. And I know it sounds really bad how I'm putting it, but. You guys know the the nuance of what I'm trying to say. Uh, the players, they, you know, it's fun. LeBron has so much influence, right? A lot of people want all the LeBron benefits, all the LeBron stuff without actually doing the LeBron things. LeBron plays. That's the only way you get to beat Kareem scoring records if you play. Um. And the thing is, guys, and I get it from a business standpoint, I need to make this money for as long as I can. And I need to stretch this out for as long as I can. So if that means I play 15 plus years, but I only play in half the game, so be it. I still get paid for the full year. I get it. And I understand that thinking. But the league cannot survive that way. The reason why the league had garnered so much popularity in the 80s and in the 90s is because guys, the most talented players, were showing up every night to play basketball. Michael Jordan. Everybody wants to be like Mike. Everybody wants the Mm -hmm. Mike stuff. But Mike played in every game or as many games as he could, even when he was with the Wizards, right? Like, you play. That's that's what you do. And I get it, right? You want to be healthy for your playoff runs and and stuff like that. But as a business, the, the NBA cannot survive heading into the direction that they were. That next step, 
uh, about what's going about uh, what the owner's about to do is they going to stop these trade requests. They're going to stop guys from com- uh, signing these long term deals and, and wanting out. That's the next step. Right. But they, they as of right now, the league is making sure that the product is is at its premium and the product is at there's nothing like watching on a Saturday night. Steph versus LeBron, like your big marquee names. That's what the sport is based on. That's their whole business plan. Once Larry Bird and Magic came in the league, it stopped being team versus team. This right. is this is your player, and this is your player, and we're going to match them up against each other. And then when Mike took off, it was about the individual players and the talent. It's not about the team so much anymore. And these guys need to understand that that they need to play and they need to play the majority of these games. If you want these accolades, you want all this stuff. Hey, it is what it is, right? Like, yes, if they, if they continue to go about it this way, now that they're trying to reform the league, it's a good chance. These players careers are going to be shorter. It's a good chance that they only play 10 years in the league. If that, Right. There's there's we're going to be seeing less of the 20 year careers or the 18 year careers. But that's OK, because the, the, the product is what's most important. The product is is uh, uh, is what's most important at, at, at this point. And I know it sucks to say I'm pro player. I get that. But again, you mentioned the pendulum needs to come mm-hmm. back to 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 the middle. There needs to be some give and take on this. And I think the players, uh, if they really sat with themselves and really looked at it like, man. And it's not even about the money. It's just the quality of of the product that's being out there. Um, and, I, and I hope that the players are accepting to it, that, that they don't, you know, cause a big fuss about it. But overall, this is what's best for the long-term health of the league. Because if the if there's no league, there's nobody making millions of dollars. And it's something we talk about all the time. Like on a nightly basis in, in the wintertime, there's a lot of bad basketball that is being played. You know what I mean? And you prevent that by having the great players play. Right? It's only when you have and, and look, this is not me to disparage anybody, because the 13th man on a bench is giving anybody anywhere buckets. You know what I mean? But I've had guys who played in the NBA say the, the drop off from the dudes that start in the NBA to the dudes that come off the bench in, in the NBA is drastic, drastic. And that's why the product changes. And so I think there are guys who are players who play right now who realize that guys need to be playing because if they didn't, they wouldn't have agreed to the new rules about all NBA and the awards where you have to play in 65% of the games to win that award, right? You have to come to a consensus for them to do that. So, like, I think we are seeing the pendulum swing back, and there always has to be a checks and balances. I'm like you. I want players to do go out there and get as much money as possible because the league and ownership and teams make billions of dollars hand over fist. But there should always be a checks and balances where no side is getting the, the advantage over the other, Right where you have a league that you feel is in the best possible position. And I don't think we've had that even with the money, the way it is like Jalen Brown just got $300 million in the NBA. So from the money perspective and with TV deals, the way they are, 
I know the league's in good position, but from the product standpoint, I don't think the money from TV revenue and the product that we see is matching up. And so when we get to that spot, I think the league will be in a great position. And I think this is how you do it. Yeah, I, mean, I, th- I thought the you got to play 70% of the games was genius. Yeah. Because now it's like, you know what you're going to lose out on? That incentive that uh, to get the super max because you didn't yeah. make all NBA because you didn't play, you know, in all the games. And there's going to be times where a guy they did uh, the the Mavericks right. They started Luca and then sat him, then sat him for the remainder of the game. There's gonna, but it's gonna you're gonna look ridiculous. Mm-hmm. You're gonna look ridiculous. You may it may be a home game. You may get booed. Your home team may boo you if you do that. So it's gonna. I'm interested to see how players and, and uh, rosters and coaches, you know, work that out. Um, it's going to be very interesting uh, to see, hey, with the, all this money comes responsibility, right? And I get, and if you're hurt, then you should sit, right? Like nobody's saying play hurt or play injured, I should say is the better word for it. Don't, right. Nobody wants anybody to play injured. Um but look, this game is a game of attrition, right? Whatever you got to do to get your body right, and I know some injuries are just unavoidable. You could do all the right stuff and still get injured. But this is the time to, man, I need a nutritionist. I need to work on my stretching. I need to work on recovery. I need to learn everything I need to learn about how to get my body prepared to play uh, a, a full NBA season because they're not cutting off these games. The, no. the, the simple solution is don't play 82 games. I don't think I need 82 games. I'm good in the 70s and the mid-70s if, if they want to do that. I would like that personally, but we know they're not cutting cutting it down to 82 games. Too much money. From 82 man. games. It's too much money. So, and if it's going to stay at 82 games, we need to figure out, y'all need to play. And if you got multiple superstars, one of y'all got to play. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like now, I'm not saying both of y'all gotta play the NBA. You saying, but one of y'all best be playing, right? They're like it's it, for the for the Clippers, because I think a lot of people feel like this this rule is targeted at a guy like Kawhi Leonard, right? Who notoriously he's gonna play 45 games and then he'll see you in the playoffs. But LA, you got Kawhi, you got Paul George. We want both to be playing, but like you said, one better be suited up and get these buckets. We don't care if it's Paul. We don't care if it's quiet. Somebody better be out there getting some buckets. And you know, you know what's the thing too. Um, also, the balance, and I, I think it makes it difficult for for the coaches. Um, hey, but hey, but that's part of the gig too. How do you develop team chemistry to win anything significant if you don't play? If you don't have those, man, we we took a bad loss, but some happened. You know, the, the other team figured something out. We had to go back in the lab and like. How do you figure out the type of team that you are if you don't play? If you're saying if your excuse is, well, I can't play these many games because I need to be prepared for the playoffs, but you lose in the playoffs because guess what? The team they are, they haven't built up that trust that those those scars throughout the season to once you get to the end to the playoffs, you know the type of team that you are. You know you who can trust to do what. You're more formed when you play together. And I think you lose a lot of that as well. So the excuse of, man, I, I just need, there, there's a balance. There's a balance with everything. You need to find the balance of, I need to play as many games as possible in order to, one, help my team win. 
but two, help the team chemistry. Uh, because you can make the argument, Kawhi Leonard was was probably the worst teammate to have, right? In in uh, in a Clippers uniform, because he had all these special arrangements and special things. That's not how you build a good team chemistry. That's not how you win anything significant. And again, like you could be the most talented player in the world, but if your teammates hate you or they don't like you, or you know, there's a back and forth. So you know, I'm I'm glad the NBA is is stepping up and doing this. Um, again, there's a proper balance to to everything. They shouldn't be treating the the work the players like slave labor. That's not what we're saying, but they need to play. And I think we're gonna find out who care. I think we're gonna find out who care because there's gonna be some dudes that see this and be like, man, I don't care. I got mine. I don't care about no seventy percent. F all NBA. Got my check. I got my check, but it'll be it'll be. It will be nice because I do feel like the majority of players will get this will get their attention, especially like you mentioned, the guys who hey, I need to make this. I don't even give, I don't give a damn. It's third team all NBA. I need to make all NBA to make sure I secure my super match. So on the most uh, sports adjacent topic we have on the docket today. Have you heard of uh, Travis Kelsey? Uh, I have. Have you heard of Taylor Swift? Uh, I have. Well, apparently, the two have been hanging out quietly. Now, this is a story because a couple of months back, Travis Kelsey went to a Taylor Swift concert where he made a friendship bracelet for Taylor Swift that had his number on it. Now, shoot or shoot. And Travis, his jersey is in the Hall of Fame, right? He's going to be a Hall of Famer on the field. He's a Hall of Famer off, too, if you know what I am getting at there. And Taylor and Travis have been seen together out in the streets. And I'm not going to lie to you, Tone. I'm interested. I'm interested in this. Uh, I mean, I guess I kind of was before the VMAs. And you just see her just drunk. How can I? I don't know if it was drunk. I don't know if all the drugs was being passed around, but she just looked really awkward. And I mean, she seemed happy being there and stuff like that, but I don't know what was going on. I, I'm kind of on the downturn uh, on, on Taylor Swift right now. Like, cause uh, I get it. I mean, she's a excellent businesswoman, right? Biggest star in the world. Biggest music musician in the world right now. But you know, I thought I, I thought I thought Travis was for the community. So all right, so here's my thing. So I'm I'm <laughs> I always have been pro Travis. Travis is my man, hundred grand. And I looked at that fake value. I'm like, what? What? I don't understand this at all from either side. Because Travis isn't the type of guy that Taylor usually dates. Now both of these people, both of them date a lot. Travis isn't the type that Taylor usually dates. Taylor definitely not the type of Travis because Travis. He he's all, he is for the community, right? He's for the community. Yep. Travis, he loved the sisters, right? Cool. He get his little shape up, get the fade, you know what I mean? <laughs> but you know, and Tony, I know you're a married man, but a long time ago you weren't. And you know, during and when you're dating, sometimes you get in this rut where you just date your type, right? Like mm-hmm. I'm just going to see my type. I'm interested in my type. 
And at some point you said, well, let me go out of my comfort zone and not date my type. And see where that gets me. And I think both of them are in a position where like, well, dating my type hasn't really gotten me where I wanted to be. So let me try what to is, what is not date my type. Seems like she got a lot of types. Well, that's neither here nor there. That's a topic for another day. <laughs> but for Travis, this is the first person he's dated that is more famous than him. First person he's dated that's more famous. Than him. And I think for him, maybe that's the thing where it's like, oh man, now there's no pressure. People not looking at me. People look at her. That's that's Taylor Swift. And maybe that's where you want to be at. Now she's about her money, she's getting paid, she's doing her thing. And maybe this is a, a, a change for him where he's like, nah, this is kind of cool. Yeah, I mean, love who you want to love. You know, that's your choice. Um, The celebrity dating scene, it doesn't usually last um, at all. And you got to ask yourself, you know, why? Uh, well, they're probably ultra selfish people. Because they're at- that they done, um, which you think in turn would make sense to date other people that are like that, right? Because they would understand what you do. But for some reason, right. in the celebrity world, it just doesn't work. <laughs> um, so, like, is it for clout? I don't know, right? Like, you think that you like these celebrities? Oh man, she's man, she's fine. I seen her on TV. Mm-hmm, Man, mm-hmm. I like her music. You don't know who these people really are in real life or how they behave in, in real life. Um, but, you know, I rock with Travis. You know, I like the person, at least that he presents, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you know, to, to the public. I mean, I don't know. Him. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, I'm I'm interested to see, you know, how this how this goes, if it goes anywhere. This could just be, you know, a dine and dash situation. You feel me? You know, <laughs> smash and go. You feel me? Oh, Tom, um, you got it the first. What? Time. I'm in for her. All right. All right. <laughs> well, I'm in for her. She, she could be like, "Hey, let's see, see what this football playing is about." Ah, had it. All right, we we good. Now you, I can make a song about an athlete now. Instead of a music maybe, or not. maybe, yeah, and like, yeah, then maybe it is just like, she's looking for content. Maybe she's looking for you know that next hit, that next number one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I was just, uh, I was just watching this episode of House. So I'm, I'm watching how re watching House MD right now. I love that show, uh, and uh, the uh, the female doctor, Doctor Cameron, um, she just told one of her colleagues, "I think we should have sex." And just like with a just straight face, and it, it was a little bit off putting for me, you know. It, was a bit it wasn't. It wasn't Omar Epps. Shocking. It was a white dude, right? No, no, it was a white dude. Yeah, Doctor. Okay, yeah, 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 yeah. And I was like, uh, I mean, people gonna do what they want to do, you know. Maybe that's what Taylor is is doing. I'm like, hey, Travis, get over here. I I, I like you, but your pants down. All right. <laughs> <laughs> I don't imagine Taylor Swift just says, Travis, pull your pants down. But if that is what she's like, she's cool. a very powerful woman. And, I, and sometimes, and that's that's attractive. Power, that, mm-hmm. Oh, man, like, I'm not used to this. All right, let me take a bit of my Charles now. <laughs> you know, but like. <laughs> to happen every time. Yeah. Every like, time it happens. That's so, like, oh. Hey, man. Uh, good luck to everybody involved. Thoughts and prayers. If, if thoughts and <laughs> prayers should be applied, should be applied. I don't know. But uh, 
Nah, I think that's the most sports adjacent topic that we have. And, and I think we've come to the conclusion of the young dude cast. Tone. Like, we went long on the Bears than I thought we would go. But mm-hmm. I think both of you and I need to, to get that off on our platform. And I'm glad we did that. And uh, now that I got that out, I have zero expectations for them this season. <laughs> like my Sundays are probably better now because I'm mm-hmm. expecting them to get their head kicked in every week. And when they don't, I'll be positively surprised. I'll be like, huh, how about that? Mm-hmm. Um, Tone is brought to you by Sheets and Giggles. Go to sheetsgiggles.com forward slash SA to get 23%. Off your next purchase, and I hope that purchases the sheet set or it's getting cool outside. The flannel boys, right? The flannel mm-hmm. sheets, the flannel uh top sheet, and then you have the, the, the flat sheet, and then you have the, the fitted sheet, and you your 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 pillowcases, then you got your duvet duvet cover, sheetsgiggles.com forward slash SA to get 23% off. We're also brought to you by Bet MGM. You can get fifteen hundred dollars. Back if you do not win your first bet with Bet MGM using promo code adjacent one thousand that is adjacent one thousand Bet MGM the king of sportsbooks tone anything for the people before we let the fine folks go. Uh, I don't know. Wait, y'all, I do got something. Um, be more discreet if you got a butt itch. I just I've seen just too many stuff just in the last week of just. People just not being aware that scratching anybody could be could be looking at you. You know why why you're scratching? Just be a little bit more discreet, right? <laughs> Check the perimeter, see see if anybody you know, and or if you really got to get in there. Hey, I, I got to go to the bathroom, right? Nobody's gonna question what you do in there, right? So hey, just be a little bit more discreet in in your butt scratching. You know, I mean, I've seen some people getting in there, boy, like <laughs> in there. Not that this quick one. Nah, nah, not the quick outside one, right? Right. Like that's nah. Somebody. Oh, they, not inside. Yeah, in inside, bro. And I get it. I get it. I've had scratches in there, but that's when you do the, the little G check. And if I know, hey, I gotta get in there, right? Like I gotta, hey, I need to go somewhere discreet, you know, go somewhere to myself, you know, to to scratch that itch. But yeah, not the getting in there. That's why. That's wild. And I think we lost hope, so we will catch you guys next week. Thanks for listening to Sports Adjacent with Jason Leisure and Russell Dorsey. Be sure to download, subscribe, and give the podcast five stars. You can check out the latest episode of Sports Adjacent on all digital streaming platforms. I'm very much adjacent. For a couple hours, I thought I was hood. But then all that happened, I was like, you know what, James? You adjacent to the mother...